0: I'm Emily Benson, your host and best friend on this journey through boutique land. I get so many questions about today's topic that I can't wait to dive in. It's probably going to be a quick episode, but if you have questions for me... Feel free to send them to hello at stylishandsuccessful.com. We'd love to hear what you want to hear more podcasts about. What are you struggling with in your business? Where are you feeling confused in boutique land? What can we help you with? Always, 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 you are welcome to send us ideas or suggestions over there. I'm not going to say we'll always do them because a lot of times, (laughs) a lot of times we find that people don't realize I've already answered those questions. So if it happens that we know we've answered it, we might shoot you back and say, Hey, we've already done something really similar, but you know, we are finding that there are places that may be untapped or there are places that you guys are still really interested in learning about. So definitely send ideas over to that email and Holly will, as always, put together a list for me. The Booster Boutique podcast is sponsored by the Boutique Elite membership. Now, the Boutique Elite membership is my big training library that has tons of knowledge inside of it. So if you are a junkie for learning more about boutiques, how they run, how they operate, visual merchandising, online SEO, product assortment, getting everything kind of together in your business and really learning more, the Boutique Elite membership is for you. It is a huge library, and it's something that you'll never stop learning from. We're always adding new trainings. There's a monthly Facebook coaching session with me inside of our private Facebook group, and we're starting to get our community going inside our Facebook group. We have quite a few members, and we're always looking to grow that group. There's more time with me, more coaching from me. So if you're looking to just really like have some accountability and stay on track, you'll get that monthly with me. And then you get the full training library, which also includes book club reviews, meditations, all inside there. So if you're interested, again, it's a monthly membership and you can find out more information at boutiqueelitemembership.com. Okay, so let's talk about two ways to start your business or to run your business that I find a lot of people feel interested in because I think it's driven, honestly, out of people's lack of money or they think they don't have enough money to start a boutique. Now, I've always said you can start a boutique for 150 bucks if you really wanted to. There's so many ways to utilize free things on the internet
1: <laughs> and let those
0: things help you in your business. But Two of these ways that a lot of people want to start their boutique business is drop shipping and pre-orders. So I'm going to talk a little bit about both of them. Now, you might hear me have sort of a negative perspective on both of these. What I want you to know is that I don't want to dissuade you from doing this, okay? That's not the point. But I want you to understand that like these are not the ideal ways to start a business, especially a fashion business where you're trying to gain customers to trust you. If people don't trust you and they don't know you, they're not going to buy from you. So the way that, you know, operating your business from a drop shipping or a pre-order perspective is you might not gain the trust from customers that you should or should want to. Let me put it that way. So what is drop shipping? This gets talked about a lot in boutique circles. And drop shipping is the idea that you have merchandise somewhere else that you don't own. So it's off-site or maybe it hasn't even been ordered yet. You haven't put your money into purchasing inventory, having it shipped to you and then shipping it to the customer. What's happening is basically you're setting up a website and on that website is all of these products that can be sent straight from the manufacturer or straight from a maker. A lot of websites do this. These days, someone like Wayfair, they're big for that. So Wayfair is a furniture company and we just moved into a new apartment and you know, we've been ordering things. And what I noticed is that Wayfair almost never ships their own stuff. They are working with the manufacturer and the manufacturer holds that inventory for Wayfair. Wayfair basically puts up a front called wayfair.com website, advertises these products, and then takes a cut of it. And it's shipped directly from the manufacturer. Now, you can do this if you want, okay, for a fashion boutique business. Most often, I find that people will source goods on somewhere like Alibaba or Teespring, like if you're doing t-shirts, things like that. And what happens is that you have to constantly be managing the back and forth between the manufacturer and your customer. So you basically are taking out the process of you spending any money to order the goods, have them shipped to you. And so with drop shipping, one of the biggest issues I see is that people don't know the product. You don't know the product. Your customer really doesn't understand the product. And mostly that's because you don't really know the product, right? You're getting what you know from the manufacturer, but you're never able to touch it. You're never able to feel it. You're never able to have your own photo shoot with it. You're never able to do a Facebook Live with it because you don't own it, right? So one of the things you could do if you really wanted to start with, from a drop shipping perspective is find manufacturers who will allow you to order one item. Now, these are not going to be manufacturers that you find at trade shows, okay? These are going to have to be people you find straight from probably Asia, maybe Europe, maybe places like Peru or Mexico, and they are going to ship you one of an item, and then maybe you'll be able to shoot it or show it on a Facebook Live. And what happens is once someone places that order, you go ahead and you take the money that they've paid you and you contact the manufacturer and have it shipped directly to your customer. Now, the big issue I see also with this model is that you never know how long this manufacturer is gonna take to ship to your customer. You have no control over that. So I've seen situations where a manufacturer will say, Oh, this will take six to eight weeks. Now in our Amazon Prime culture that we're all really getting accustomed to, if something doesn't come in two days, like we're all annoyed, right? <laughs> so you've really got to find a manufacturer who can ship quickly, or you have to find a product that a customer is willing to wait for if that's the situation, right? So. I just want you to be aware of all these little hitches that come with dropshipping because it's not a perfect model. So that's basically the supply chain, how it works, right? Now let's talk about the front end. How is this going to work for you? So as a dropshipping boutique, what's going to happen is you're going to set up your website. You're going to be as descriptive as possible. You're going to have great images. You're going to brand this as your own boutique, Right? Just as you normally would do if you were shipping goods to yourself. What's gonna need to happen is you're gonna have to do a aggressive amount of advertising and posting on social media to get traffic to your website. That personally, I think is a little bit harder to do because you're kind of starting from nothing, right? And we talk about all the time on this podcast, the like, no, and trust factor. And the fact is you're starting from scratch. No one knows who you are. So you're going to have to start to establish who it is that you are and why are you selling these products, right? I think it's really tough with dropshipping because I see a lot of ads for, like, let's say leggings. That's really, I think, one of the most popular way- drop shipping models I've seen. Leggings and t shirts, really. I mean, and you guys have seen this, right? You've seen in your Instagram feed when it pops up, like, with your last name or your high school name or your college name on a t shirt. That's happening. Because you're being targeted by a drop shipping company who's going to create this t-shirt for you as you order it. And so th- what they've done is they've gone and they've mocked up the t-shirt as, as a CAD design, as a graphic design, basically. And they've very specifically targeted on the back end of Facebook and Facebook advertising to only show it to people who went to this college or who went to this high school or grew up in this state. And that's why you see all those crazy T-shirts that were like, crazy people come from Massachusetts, you know, and I'm from Massachusetts, so I can say that. (laughs) And I know it's silly, but, you know, you know, you've seen those T-shirts, right? That's what they're doing. They're drop shipping. So generally the model with drop shipping is there's a heavy 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 investment into Facebook advertising. So what's going to trip you up with with potentially doing a drop shipping business is that you don't know Facebook advertising or you haven't built a really nice Facebook organic page, so you're going to end up paying a lot of money in Facebook ads to get your name out there, okay? That's how these a lot of these drop shipping businesses actually end up working. So I find, and you know, here's the thing. I am in a group on Facebook that is all about dropshipping. And so I watch, I see what's going on, I I understand the process, and I see where the hiccups can come in. And what generally happens is I've also taken a couple of webinars about how to start a dropshipping business and sort of the intricacies of it. And what I realize is that a lot of times it doesn't really work with fashion. What a lot of these experts say that it really works with is these item-driven businesses. So something that's really unique that a lot of people want and they want for a good price. And those are the things that really sell well. So I want to kind of give you all the sides of the dropshipping business. I think that if you, again, if it's coming from a place of fear of I don't have enough money to start a boutique or buy inventory, dropshipping is not for you. Dropshipping is the type of business where you're going to test a lot of products, you're going to see what works, And then you're going to put a lot of money into Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising to get your product out there once you find something that hits. So it's really good for you if you're super scientific. It's really great for you if you have money to spend on advertising and you feel like that's something that you're really good at. One person that I would definitely check out, his name is Justin Seener. I would check out his stuff. He has a lot of good information about dropshipping. Okay, so second on our list of sort of alternate ways to run your boutique business is a pre-order business. Again, another great way to not put a lot of money up front to start a business, but here's the thing. So if you're pre-ordering stuff, it can get tricky because – You are going to really need to work with the vendor to make sure they actually have the items that you have people pay for. So a lot of times I find that people come to me and they say, oh, my gosh, I really want my customers to, you know, my customers are saying that they're really interested in a specific product. And because they're interested in this specific product, I want to go out and buy it. But I really need a commitment from them. And what I always say is get their money. (laughs) Okay. Number one, check with the vendor and number two, get their money. So from my perspective, a pre-order business means I'm too scared to buy this product or I'm too scared to buy this inventory. And I'm laughing because like, if you really dig deep, that's kind of where this is coming from. What's the motivation behind a pre-order business? You probably don't have the confidence or you don't know your ideal customer enough to have the confidence to then go and actually purchase products. Pre-order can get really tricky because let's say you do take people's money and, you know, this whole process is you're posting an item, let's say on your Facebook page, on Instagram, you're saying, oh my gosh, Do you guys love this? I'm taking pre-orders right now. Now, whether you take a deposit or whether you take the full price of the product, you have to be in communication with your vendor wherever you're getting this picture from, this image of whatever item you're selling, and make sure that when you place the order tomorrow or in three days or however long that pre-order window is open, that they actually have the stock available for you to buy. See where the hiccup comes in? Like if you're going to take people's money, you basically have to know that this product is available and it's ready to go and it's ready to ship. Because also with a pre-order, you're going to want to tell people, oh, okay, you're, you know, you're placing the order with me. I'm going to go place the order tomorrow, which means it's going to take me five days to get it from LA, which means you're going to get it in seven to 10 days, right? Again, All of this is just saying, like, I don't want to invest in in inventory, so I'm going to sort of let another person hold the inventory until I have the money, and then I'm going to go place the order. Which, again, a lot of times this can be totally fine, but what I find is that, you know – A customer is king, okay? Our customer, well, let's say queen. Our customers are queens. And we want to make sure that they're really well taken care of because a customer review is worth hundreds of dollars of sales. Am I right? So if you're going to play around with these models of dropshipping, pre-orders, you know, you've got to be really careful that you're communicating a lot with the customer, that you they understand what the expectation is, and that you are just like on top of all of it like crazy. So those are two ways you could start your business. Third and not least is everyone keeps coming to me saying, Emily, I want to do a subscription box. Cool. Okay. Let's look at the companies that have really made it work and let's just dive into why they work. So Birchbox is one of the biggest box companies that started up and What I'll tell you is Birchbox started, it starts off samples. So Birchbox is a tough situation because they were getting samples from beauty lines. So you know when you go to like Macy's and they give you a sample, like you buy something at Chanel and the Chanel counter woman's like, oh my gosh, we like have this new sample of this new hydration primer or something. And they give you that hydration primer. So the problem with Birchbox became that because they were giving beauty samples away, they had no control of where their customers or subscribers were coming back to actually buy the product. So again, let's take the example of a Chanel product, right? So they're putting a Chanel product in the box users are loving it. They're getting this great box at home. They're getting to use the product. They're figuring out what they like. But then Birchbox never had a way to redirect them to actually buy the full price product. They could have gone to Sephora. They could have gone to Macy's. They could have gone to Ulta to a different place that sold the exact same product. So Birchbox inevitably is is not profitable. It's not a profitable business, okay? So you've got to make sure when we're looking at the subscription box idea that it's going to be worth it for you. Because for you to go through all the trouble of really getting all these subscribers. That's, let me, let me just boil it down here. The idea of a subscription box is awesome for you if you have a massive email list. Like if you have a 50,000 person email list, a subscriber box might be a really great model for you to add on as incremental business. But what happens is when you're small and you're like, I want to add a box business, sometimes it can take more work than it's actually worth in terms of profiting money when it would be better used for you to focus on spending more time on Facebook ads or spending more time on content or doing more Facebook lives or, you know, going to find better product or all these other things, right? So the deal with subscription boxes is if if this is something you want to explore because maybe you do have a big list or you do feel like you want to start a business like this, right? The number one thing for you to do is figure out who is your customer? What are they going to want to subscribe to month after month? That's, to me, the tricky part. What is a woman going to want to get every single month, right? Beauty was really easy because, you know, most women are like, oh, I'll try this. I'll try that and hang on to what I like and maybe move on to the next. Not People generally aren't super loyal to beauty products. Certain ones they are and certain ones they are super flexible with, right? So with a subscription box, you've got to be careful because you want to make sure it's something that people really want. The next piece of it is you've got to make sure that it's something you can make money on, right? So, let's say you're going to sell a subscription box for $25, 50, $75. Now, the cost of that for you has to still be at least at your 3X margin. Maybe you're going to go 2.5X, but like, remember, you still want to make money on this, especially because you're going to have to put extra time and work into this to make it look cute and have a branded box and, you know, really make it stand out so that you're subscriber the person who's receiving this in the mail is like delighted when they get it right that's the end game is that, like every month it comes and they're like oh my gosh I'm so excited you know I just got I I'm, I subscribed to something called hungry root and it's like a vegan meal delivery box and I just got a box last night and I was like oh I forgot to change my settings on it and it's like random things that like I don't love and I'm kind of annoyed you know because I already prepaid for it so That's the thing is you don't want an unhappy customer because for me, now I'm like, well, do I even need this every week? (laughs) You know, I start to really question like, is this okay for it to automatically charge my card? And for you as a business owner, you have to start to think there's there's this metric called your churn rate churn, C-H-U-R-N. And your churn rate is how many people each month are unsubscribing (laughs) and then how many new subscribers you're getting on top of that. But really churn is as how many people are leaving your subscription. So as you start to think about this, you want to make sure that your margin feels really good on it because you're putting more work towards it. And then you're going to figure out what's the strategy? How are you going to get your initial subscribers? How are you going to keep them happy? And then how are you going to acquire new subscribers? You guys, it's like it's literally a whole nother business model. And I think so many women think, oh, a subscription box is going to be so easy. Like it's actually like quite a bit of work. And there's a lot of marketing that you need to do, like separate. And here's the other piece of it. You've got to think, is this going to actually add to my business or is it going to take regular customers away? For you, it might feel really good and really safe. Like, oh my gosh, every month I know I have X amount of dollars coming in the door. But, you know, you could lose all those people in a heartbeat. Right, one bad review, or you know, um, a slip up in your shipping, or something happens. So, if you want to do a subscription box, just make sure you've thought it completely out. I like the idea of always shipping on one day. I also like the idea of having orders in by a certain time on a certain day. Right, keeping it a really process driven. Subscription boxes, I think, require a lot of structure on the back end from a business perspective. And I think that if you want to do a subscription box, you should really, really do your research in the big boxes that have worked, right? Like the Stitch Fix box, Birch box things like blue apron, you know, even go outside of the fashion realm. And, you know, food is something people need. So there's already a need for it. So it's really interesting for you to start to look at these models. Because what I think you'll find is a lot of them actually aren't profitable. (laughs) And so here's the thing, you could do a subscription box, it could go great, it could be amazing. If you find the right niche, you find the right product, and it's really easy for you. But I don't think that it's something you necessarily want to add on on a whim, or you want to add on because you feel like, oh, maybe it'll add sales, right? It really has to be thought out because it's quite a bit of work. Hopefully, I've given you a lot of things to think about, some ideas to chew on here. I don't again want to pers- like, dissuade you from drop shipping, from taking pre-orders, from subscription boxes. What my goal in this entire episode was to really give you a different perspective and to help you understand that I want you to do a lot more research before you just whip out these things, you know, and say like, oh, I'm going to do dropshipping or, oh my gosh, I'm going to do, So, like, it's so good to have ideas. You are a creative, beautiful woman, right? But behind being a creative, beautiful woman comes a business plan and a financial growth structure for you and your business. So that this is sustainable and this is something that you know you can grow. You know, that's my biggest issue with so many business owners, especially in like the fashion world, is like they just don't know where they're going. They don't understand, like they need a plan. They need a business plan. They need to see what's happening, what's working. What's working in your business is something you should always be doubling down on. If something's working, you shouldn't abandon it. You shouldn't add an extra thing to what you're doing, okay? A business, the best way to grow a business is to have a core way that you're selling and then slowly discover new products or new outlets to sell on, right? We don't have to like come up with all new business strategies every two months because we feel like sales are slow. No, sales are probably slow because you haven't been consistent on social media. Sales are probably slow because you haven't got a new product or your product's not priced right or, you know, there's a lot of things that that you haven't diagnosed in your business And instead of going and saying, oh, I'm going to start taking pre-orders or add a subscription box, like let's actually diagnose the actual issue in the current business that you have so that you can maintain that and grow that business. And then in a year, if you're like, you know what? My email list is super high. People are asking for a jewelry subscription box. Let me add that in. Great. Let's add that in. Let's build a business plan for it. Let's go. Okay. But I really want you to think these things out and I really want you to understand that there's sort of a lot of logistics behind it. And for a lot of creative women, the logistics just aren't fun. <laughs> I will tell you that because I know it from, from my own life. I'm a creative woman. The logistics piece of things, I can do it. It's not always fun. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Here's to making lots of friends and making lots of money. Did you love this episode as much as I did? Head over to iTunes and rate and review Your Boutique podcast, so more amazing and creative boutique owners like you can find out about it. And don't forget, head over to BoostYourBoutique.com to learn more.